Hi, I'm Delaney Gustafson. And I'm Stephen Taylor. And this is the Ruby's Corner Podcast. And today we're talking about episode... Two! Season. Two. Paper Plane. This one's all about inner strength. So we're gonna dig deep inside where your spirit lives and talk about them. (laughs) And if you need a moment to get ready... Think of the weird feral rat in Kung Fu Panda saying, inner strength, inner strength, inner strength. Oh, I'd forgotten about that part. That's because he actually says inner peace. Oh, okay. Doesn't matter. Kung Fu Panda is not the greatest movie, and it's obviously copying a bunch of stuff from Star Wars and other films anyway, so... There's the shade. You You came for it. (laughs) So, you have four songs. Yes. And none of these have been heard before on Ruby's Corner or, no. uh, or or albums. None of the ones in this episode. So you hadn't released any of these. Lots of new nope. listening experiences. And some of them were like pretty new songs as well. Yeah. In terms of the shape they took. I mean, this is the year 2021 when these are coming out. And some of them, I think, were written or rewritten at the very least within the last six months to two or three years. So fairly recent little packet of songs here and the very first one is together yeah so question about together as you started i know you had written parts of this before yeah um Mm -hmm. why uh did you rewrite so part of it was the original text of this song was written in high school and it was a little bit unclear what the song was actually about had kind of the feel of maybe a love song or a we're we're together song and it was kind of undecided so i was just like hmm this song needs to decide (laughs) and that's what i did so when i rewrote it um i rewrote it between seasons one and season two so that was basically december january of the 2020 to 2021 season as in season of the year not the season of ruby's corner and so it was inspired by a lot of the things that were going on then like the way that the world was (laughs) like there's lines about singing satellites and parachutes filling and that's because ruby's corner was kind of like a parachute for me where it was like okay i feel like i can escape this flaming jet for a little while (laughs) Everything going too fast and too hot, too hard. So we can fill it with a lot of great music instead and getting together with people that we know. And it was kind of through a satellite because internet. And Anyway, lines like that <laughs> kind of were informed by experience um, that are uh, rewrites of the original. No, I, I was curious if you intended this to be sort of a Ruby's Corner theme song. Not um, at first. Not at first, though I really did like the idea behind the song. And I felt like it fit very purposefully with the actual live stream show. It's kind of what it just became because I was writing from experience and what my experience was centralized on at the time was Ruby's Corner in a lot of ways. No, I I wondered because I had forgotten. I actually looking back had thought oh yeah here we are together that was the first episode of the season of course it was a theme song because that's what it feels like i mean thematically and what the journey is of the song and the place you know the place we were in in the world yeah unintentional i guess but but it basically i i mean a number of people were just like oh that sounds like a theme song or something and after i showed it to some people i was like oh yeah i could totally see how that plays out 
No, it just sounds like the whole purpose of the, you know, of your performances of the live stream series. It is. And is, uh, is there. Yeah. And yeah. that's probably why we made it the theme song for this podcast. And I think I used it in like a promotional video, a little quick clip video I made for either season two or season three. I forget. Was it, does it a show, does it appear in episode one of season three? No, this is season two or episode two. Or sorry, but of episode of season three though. Oh, it does. Yes. Okay. It's, I, I think knew, it is okay. the first so that's episode. That's what I was yeah. thinking. Sorry, episode I one, misunderstood yes. the question. <laughs> but well, yes, it was it was the first song in the third season. That's why I was thinking this. Well, cool. I want to talk about Woman as well. Well, I mean, we'll talk about all the songs, but... Um, right. So, Woman, can you tell us a little of the background of how this song came about in particular? Yes, I love talking about this one. Um, this is actually one of my favorites. So, I wrote this song in 2018. Uh, I read a book called Women Who Run With The Wolves by Clarissa Pinkola Estes. And a lot of the stuff in there is very about the medicine of storytelling, and I loved that, but it also is a lot of veneration of the female spirit and its constant uh, life, death, life cycle of sorts. So there were a wonderful array of stories about kind of this idea of resurrection, of changing, of adapting, uh, which really connected with me at that point in my life as well as when this episode was coming out. And so when I um, was approaching the set list, I looked at this one, particularly for this episode, because of this kind of sort of theme of inner strength. Because one of the main things that I was seeing a lot of during this point in the pandemic was a lot of burnout in my, in everyone, but especially in my female mom or also um, working and mom friends. And it was a testament to me of this idea that I felt like Estes was talking about in her book of the inner strength of the female spirit and how it constantly adapts and remakes and then makes life through through kind of these changes. And so I wrote this song kind of after reading one of the stories that she shares in the book. So that's why it's a lot more metaphorical than most of my works are. And I think it speaks very much to this theme of recreating yourself and then recreating yourself again. But the joy of that kind of discovery every time and experiencing it with others as well as just within yourself with joy. So so women who run with the wolves, like what's the sort of premise of the book if you had to sum that up in reference to this song? Well, again, I think it would be a lot to do with the veneration of the female spirit and the medicine of storytelling and the medicine of storytelling specifically for women who are experiencing a kind of spiritual burnout of sorts. And so this song reflects a lot of those emblems and those metaphors and ideas. That was a really good answer, but I was really hoping you would say something more about literary criticism. Oh. The point being... Because Stephen wants to talk about literary criticism. That's yeah. why. No, this is the reverse <laughs> rag. This is We're not going to rag on something. This is like talking about how <laughs> literature and art is good for your soul. And creative Literally, expression what the book is, about. is good for your soul. So yes, yeah. that's what I was hoping. Oh, okay, that. great. See, uh, for all the people who think that studying Derrida or <laughs> Bakhtin... He or wants to drop some names Susser, now, or any of those people, there you know, any of those fools, like, um, <laughs> drops the names. No, we're not, I'm not fool. throwing shade at them, honestly. They're very <laughs> smart people. But that there's something to it, even if they're completely wrong, there's still something to it because of this exploration and this commitment to discovering something and looking at stories and finding out how that nourishes your soul. Yeah. So, 
or makes it in some ways like I and I feel like that was something that I discovered in this song in the writing of the song in the writing of the poem was just a discovery of a lot of me's in this song things that I like things that inspire me like there's a lot of Celtic influence in this song there's books like I said that inspired it of course I love music um obviously I'm passionate about female strength talked about it um amazing women and friends in my life and I actually did dedicate this episode specifically to a lot of my friends who just happened (laughs) of course to reconnect with me in this exact time frame of before the episode was aired um I think literally like five of my friends just out of the blue reconnecting and that's what a lot of us were doing it wasn't uncommon no 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 no. it was just like hey it's 2021 i haven't spoken to you probably in a year because guess what i haven't had time because of what life has been and yet i have so much need for and i feel like this is a big thing with women that i know in my life where it's like we we need each other a lot we we like to have our posse in our support group so that was a work of literary criticism right there you're welcome and just for the record, I was actually not typically one of those girls who went to the bathroom in a pack. Maybe that makes me weird, but I didn't get the uh, I didn't get the whole illusion until later when people said, "Of course, why would you go to the bathroom by yourself?" It's like some people said it was unsafe. Some people said, "Why would you want to go by yourself? Like it's the best place to socialize and have a private conversation." Anyway, now I feel like I'm just airing out a bunch of like female secrets. <laughs> Well, I mean, that sounds relevant to the book. And I was going to ask another question because this book, if I'm correct, your time reading Women Who Run With Wolves, Mm -hmm. thinking about some of these themes, Mm -hmm. uh, this was a big productive wave, right? As you uh, finished the book and started writing a bunch of, well, you wrote a lot of poetry during it, I know. But uh, not to spoil any future songs, but can you just give us a little picture of what sort of creative wellspring came from engaging with this book? Oh, uh, I mean, taking in the scope of that is definitely hard to do in a podcast of this length, (laughs) of this typical length. But uh, I will say (laughs) that uh, there's at least one more song in this episode that we're going to discuss that did come around because of this book as well later. (laughs) So for all of you who, uh, who are English majors and love books, take note. And if you are an English major and don't know the term ROI or return on investment, this is an example. Um, The book was worth it. Yay. The time was worth it. (laughs) Not a term you usually hear about literature because it's usually not a good return on investment, but Mm. just kidding. (laughs) Steve is probably not going to agree with that. Even it depends on who you're reading. It's fair. That's or a good should point. I say, which whom. is very much the same with music, actually, if you think about it. Well, one one more question about this song. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned Celtic influence, other things like that. Yes. If you had to hear the song in a voice that was not your own, done by an artist that was not you, mm. who would you want to do this song? Who would I want to do this song? I, and that was correct. Who, not whom, in that case. <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, immediately off the top of my head, since we're already talking about Celtic, I mean, maybe this is a grab, but um, Celtic woman, ironically. I mean, what better group to sing a song called Woman that has Celtic influences than Celtic woman, <laughs> I guess. But um, Fair's fair. If we're talking about a soloist, oh, man. Um, I, I have could... one in mind. We'll see if it's oh. the same. Okay, three, two, one. Go Never for mind, it. Then. Just go ahead and say I was going to say Enya, but... 
Yes, that's definitely up there. I've listened to a lot of Enya in my life. That's a great option. Otherwise, I would say somebody more like a musical theater singer probably is. I, I can think of uh, Philippa Sue doing it or uh, oh. Leah Salonga, their okay. kinds of voices. A little Disney princess thrown in there, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so an, an evolved voice kind of like that. I mean, I would love some of my heroes just to hear it in their voices. Um, I, I could Sarah hear Barella's, Philippa Sue. That would be cool. Brandy Carlisle, like those, they have amazing voices. So of course they would do it justice. But yeah, these women who to me represent so much of like the values of the song or the kind of woman musician that I aspire to. <laughs> so for all of you in the subreddit who have been complaining about us being too negative on this podcast, you just heard a bunch of positivity Yay! about cool people and artists and English majors and all that good stuff. So we there do are like things, things we like. Yes, we are actually very happy. <laughs> I think it just comes out here <laughs> we're not that bitter just we just get salty. together and we just like get salty <laughs> so uh caretaker is the next song and mm -hmm. can you tell us a little bit about performance history of caretaker because i know oh. this was a new song for you know ruby's corner you hadn't released it anywhere had you performed this very much before not typically as often this song i feel like has a certain raw edge that I think, in fact, I can actually remember, I just remembered this. I think I introduced this song to uh, my mentor in college, Mark, uh, who I've talked about before. And I think he actually felt the need to have a discussion with me about songs that are not necessarily like for others, but that are more for us. Essentially, I got this impression from this that like, maybe this song is too much. Maybe this song is going to like trigger some people is what I'd call it now. Um, and so I was kind of cognizant of this as I was thinking about putting it in this set um, because it is inspired by fairly traumatic things. Um, I wrote it in 2013. Um, I was doing some jam sessions and some writing with a friend of ours, Cameron, and he talked to me about um, a member of his family who had been going to chemo and he was very um, involved in uh, taking her to these chemotherapies and what kind of impact that had. And of course I had recently lost my father to cancer. And so I connected very deeply with that and the kind of things he was talking about. And it, and it kind of informed some of my experiences and it made me reflect on other things about watching someone else suffer and feeling like you have to kind of sit there and be with them, but there's not a whole lot you can do. And so this song is a lot about that struggle and that helplessness. And for a lot of people, I think that's really difficult to face. And it's not really a song topic that I feel like a lot of people want to just go listen to. Sure. No, but can, can I riff on that for sure. a second? Sure. Like, yeah. we were just talking. Jam session, so riff away. Well, I'm okay. <laughs> this was a metaphor, yes. as we all have been learning about red we're literature. Nerds. Hopefully you know um, about that, yeah. But, you know, most languages metaphors, so. Um, metaphors aren't real. That's correct. <laughs> metaphors are not, but they're everywhere. Yes. Um, and that is an original bling, is <laughs> metaphors aren't real. I'm very proud of it. <laughs> yes. So we were just talking the other night. We were just talking about a Linkin Park song, uh, mm -hmm. Breaking the Habit, which... Uh, is similarly very traumatic song. Chester Bennington, who sings it, didn't want to sing it. Yeah, it feels like one of those songs that maybe wasn't maybe it wasn't written because everyone needed to hear it. Maybe it was written because you know the people writing it needed to process it. Yeah, and it's an incredibly powerful performance. Definitely. I think I think their most it's I think it's their most powerful song of the ones I've heard. I haven't heard every You're single on song they've ever done. There, I think. 
Um, See more I, positive things. Yes, I, I, again, <laughs> I've listened to a lot of their music, and I think it's the most powerful of the songs I've heard. I think that power comes from this tension between the artist not wanting to do it, but the message yeah. being one that is real, mm-hmm. is relevant to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're curious, again, I can recommend the song from a standpoint of musicality and power of the message. It's very heavy and very sad. And if yeah. people, if you read reviews that say it's a song about substance abuse, like that's barely scratching the surface about what it's about. You can actually listen to interviews of Mike Shinoda and Chester talking about what it's about. And yeah. so again, if you're interested, right. I think it's very comparable. This, a song that gets its power from the reality of its message. And yeah. I think Caretaker is a good example of that. And that there are multiple um, scenarios that I think apply to Absolutely. many of them. Absolutely, much like this other, this Linkin Park song. Exactly. I, I, mean, I, I mean, I've literally written this song almost 10 years ago now. And I, in working on it or looking at it just a couple of days ago, realized an entirely different angle that I had never experienced or at least had never recognized in it before of being a caregiver. I'm a mom. There's a lot of parts of being a mom that are just being in the trenches with your kid and how there's so much about just being a parent that you want to be able to take burdens away from your kids, but knowing that you have to let them carry them, otherwise they'll never be able to carry them when you're gone. And that constant tension and fear of, I want to be with you, but I also think this is really hard and it's really difficult to be here. And oh, by the way, I'm also a person with their own emotions and struggles and triggers and stuff. And then on top of that, recognizing like, but I also know that you need to be able to do this without me because I may not always be there. And that's not a fun thing to consider all the time in different angles. And so that especially in this context where, you know, people have been losing people because of the pandemic. People have been away from each other for so long. People are just on fumes trying to give what they can to people who need it desperately. I almost didn't put it in the set. Well, I was going to ask, you know, why not perform it earlier? Why now? Why? Obviously, this revelation you're talking about was just recently, but right. was there anything that prompted you to include it in this episode? Honestly, the thing that it came down to for me was I thought people needed a release. I played through it a number of times, obviously, to rehearse it before playing it live. And that was kind of my temperature meter of like, okay, is this going to work? Is this not? And I remember one day... It was just a hard day. It was one of those pandemic days. It was just difficult. And just one of those days as a parent is difficult. And I played through it. And all I did was play through it. And I felt better afterwards. And I was like, I understand now what this song could do, potentially. I, I wasn't sure how it would quite happen for somebody who was listening to it and instead of like playing it the way that I was, because I get a lot of catharsis just from playing music <laughs> a lot of times, but I, I just felt something instinctive in me say, do it. You have to try it. If this is what it did for you, if it would do the same thing for even just one person who's listening to you, then it's worth it. And I feel like there were there was a response. I don't remember a lot of there being like comments about it. It definitely has never been a song that people are like, yes, I want to hear that again. <laughs> or like, go for it. Like, I love this song. I think it's a really difficult, hard song or a very personal one. And so maybe it's not as easy for anyone to really say what this song means to them in a quick way. But I love this song because of, yeah, the real lens, the release of it and being real with the experience, honoring 
the people that we stand by and the veneration of people who give when there is very little to be done, which there were tons of as well during this period of time. Medical community, parents, of course, teachers. Yeah, first um, frontline workers. Yes. Everyone involved in The essential workers, you know. Let's talk paper plane, though. Yes. So this wasn't the original title. Nope. Um, It was originally called Let It Go, but I think we can all kind of tell why I changed the name. Frozen 2012. Uh, By the way, I definitely started writing it before Frozen. Well, I was just wondering. I mean, (laughs) between uh, there's obviously the Let It Go line and then the Let It It Be line is like, this is super zeitgeisty across the generations of, it's like, is it the Beatles? Is it Frozen? But I think it's interesting. The the message you have is very different, actually, than some of these same songs, like the Beatles, Let It Be, or Mm -hmm. uh, Frozen, Let Let It Go. go. Very different song, even though you have some lines that in isolation, someone might have thought you stole them, but she didn't. (laughs) She really didn't. Nope. I, I am very proud of the storytelling in this one. Um, and yes, this is the other one in today's set that came partially from Women Who Run With The Wolves. Um, I actually started this song in the spring of 2013. Just a snippet. I think it's basically the chorus. Um, I did change a lot about it. Um, the let it go, let it lie, let it go, let it be kind of stuff uh, was all there from the get-go. And please note that uh, Frozen premiered in theaters in fall of 2013. There you go. So I was a little bit earlier than that. So some, you know, idea, inspiration up in the stratosphere must have been like, oh, she doesn't seem to be getting this fast enough. I'm going to go to Disney (laughs) see if they can write me into a song. But uh, I did finish it in spring of 2018 um, after actually reading um, and learning a lot about forgiveness and boundaries not just from a chapter of this book that we've already mentioned, but um, several others by other people that I was reading. Um, I read a lot of self-help books. I was definitely a post-college grad trying to figure out, what do I do with my life now? (laughs) So there were lots of those. But altogether, it manifested in this song. I think my favorite lyric is, you've weathered the path through the winter solstice, retrieving its patience, not its coldness. I've maybe talked about this on the podcast before, but I'm a person who hates winter, actually. And patience. It's fair. I I don't love being patient, but I I think I'm better at it than getting through the winter, honestly. (laughs) But yeah, the winter solstice, you know, it comes and uh, it it feels like there's this holiday period and then it just gets cold and it's dark and it kind of depresses me. And so (laughs) this idea of winter being not this cold harsh environment but this patient one of change and growth was a new perspective for me uh, that I was learning through a lot of what I was reading and what I was experiencing and so I put this line in and I was very proud of it and it kind of sums up the song to me of this idea of letting other things go like you know leaves and fall for example if we're going to continue with the metaphor which isn't real And then moving forward into a new future. And, you know, there's more lines about, but if it comes back, you don't have to hold it, let it go. It's like the seasons. It comes again sometimes, those things that bug us that we need to let go of the things that we may not be as good at, we might get better, and then have kind of a relapse or something, or just make mistakes, or just not like the progress in the direction that it's going. And so... Um, With this song, a lot of it was about realizing things 
removing some of the illusions of how things have been and how they're not working and moving forward. Well, I'm curious, after listening to the song and thinking about it, and I legitimately don't know this, Uh have you ever made a paper airplane? Yes, with our daughter, actually. (laughs) I have to look it up every time how to make one. Okay. (laughs) But uh, yes, I've made an actual paper plane. So I, I happen to be pretty good at it. Great. I've had engineers tell me so. <laughs> yep. Not aeronautical you, you did like, like a little but, um, contest once or something with some, right? I did. In uh, my workplace, uh, former building, Yeah. Uh, we had a lot of open space. Mm-hmm. And my paper airplanes flew by far the farthest. And I could make them the quickest, too. But I think it's ironic. Mm-hmm. They're very light, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, it's they true. can fly a long way. You, easy to throw once mm-hmm. you're not using all your force. And you learn a tiny bit of the technique. Yeah. You don't have to push very hard to let it go. Nope. To make it really fly. But I'm always sad to let the good ones go because it doesn't <laughs> always work. Even for someone like me who's made a bunch of them yeah. and can make them fast and can make them pretty good, mm-hmm. it's still a little hard to let it go. Like to yeah. get rid of this paper airplane because you never know if it's going to crash and then it won't work anymore. Well, it's some point one direction and then they come back to you. I mean, or every now and then you hit somebody weird. in the eye and then you get you know fired and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, no, that no has never. Happened, <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't have happen. Have people in the face with paper airplanes <laughs> never at work. You might get detention, I guess, if you're in the right age group. <laughs> maybe anyway, maybe. but yeah. The... But I think it's interesting. It's not just like something that flies easily. No, it uh again, you can't just throw it hard away. You have to throw it gently so fun fact actually with that one of the original images i guess that i was going to put in the place of or near the place of the paper plane was actually a balloon where all you literally all you have to do is let go and it goes away right and i don't remember why i switched or why i cut that one out specifically instead of this one probably had something to do with a rhyme scheme or something but no it wasn't gonna be like that Take me to the new saloon. (laughs) You better copyright that. (laughs) What else rhymes with balloon? But it was in the middle of a phrase, so it wasn't like I necessarily had to rhyme with it. It's a messier thing that you have to make in a way or that something has made for you, this paper plane. Um, And it could go any number of directions. And like the song says, if it comes back, you don't have to hold it sometimes the things that we let go come back. It's not like we always have a choice of just like, oh, you know, I don't want this anymore. We can control our response to it. And I think we all needed that at this point in time. <laughs> and fun, other fun fact, this is one of the most requested songs of mine now. It's in the top five from the Music March Madness that we've mentioned once or twice before that we did on social media. And it is the only one that is not currently on an album. The rest are things like Finding Again and Love and Lilies and Lace. But this one, this one is in the top five. I guess I'll just have to, you know, do something about that. (laughs) It is on an album now, I guess. That's true. It is on your live your live album yes the ruby's corner albums which are on spotify go and listen now yay for a plug it was very organic (laughs) wonderful last question i have okay you mentioned a theme for this episode just Mm -hmm. really briefly can you uh, circle back to that a little bit now that we've talked through the songs sure i didn't feel like it was uh exceptionally explicit that this episode is a lot about inner strength but a lot of it did center around these themes themes of we need each other we need to let go of things we need these people who help us um 
We need to venerate ourselves and our spirits and remember them as we're going through hard things. And that the human spirit is one of resurrection and rehabilitation in some cases. And also, yeah, messy beauty. It, it was not something that was I, that I wanted to be too, too explicit about because everybody's we're going to be different. Well, if you're an inner weakling, hopefully this music will help. <laughs> That's definitely the hope, I guess, that this is going to pull some of it out of you that maybe you forgot is there. I think it's there. So believe in yourself. Follow your dreams. That's right. <laughs> I hope that you guys enjoyed this podcast and got something out of it, some inner strength. And we'll throw it out like a gentle paper airplane. And maybe not poke somebody in the eye. Because as Steven knows, that is not an experience you want. <laughs> no, it is not. Nor is throwing something into your friend's eye. No. Like a Frisbee, for instance. That okay. happened. Um, you did that? On that note, bye. Bye. <laughs> I was nine, okay? It wasn't my fault. For real. You should have really caught the Frisbee, that's all. And on. Okay, well, we love you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.